Amen. That's really good. Enjoyed all the songs this morning and <coughs> the fellowship. Uh, the the song there, uh, "It Is Well with My Soul," is one that <coughs> has a deal, great deal of ma- um, meaning. Reminds me of uh, one of our ladies that were saved in our German ministry over there, and she came from a very, very difficult background, made difficult, did difficult marriage. Actually, the marriage is still difficult, but she got saved and came to our church. And, and uh, anyway, she came and she said she had a hard time singing that song. It is well with my soul because of all the problems she's been through. But praise God, she does have a hope and she is saved and we look forward to that. <coughs> but we appreciate that invitation. By the way, my wife does have some of her books out there. And that are for sale, and my she told me not to mention about how good she is at a and ladies' meeting. And I tell you what, don't she don't ever ask her a question if you don't want a real answer because <coughs> <coughs> she knows how to hold the corn. And <coughs> tonight, excuse me, just a minute. <coughs> do appreciate your prayers for me as I was sick this last weekend and even till tomorrow till I got some prayer support from some uh, Hillcrest and different ones and then Lord help me get a lot better than I was so I thank God to thank him for being able to be here this morning and uh, I'd like to look in our Bibles actually to two places one of them is in Galatians 6 <coughs> The other one is Psalm 126. Galatians 6 is where we'll start this morning. Let's stand in honor of God's word. Galatians 6, beginning in verse 6. <coughs> I actually begin with verse 7 here. Be not deceived. <coughs> God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. But he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And then back in Psalm 126, <coughs> beginning here in verse 3. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. I I think that we should all say that with an exclamation point. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Bring his sheaves with him. Let us pray. Our Lord and God, we thank you that your promises are not a perhaps or a maybe, but Lord, a shall. And God, we thank you. We can look forward to the harvest. We look forward to that time when you, we come with the sheaves that you've used our lives to touch. And God, we can't save anybody. But Lord, I'm, still, I'm glad you're still in the soul-saving business the church building business. And Lord, help us to always get out of the way 
so that you can do your work and give you the glory. We thank you for your blessing upon your word today and upon our lives. You know the needs of our heart, God. We just claim your working through your spirit in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Not being weird. You know, it's so good. It says, he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Bring his sheaves with him. I tell you, we, I think all of us in the ministry and even lay people, we have times that we wonder. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I, I argue sometimes with myself, you know, this way or that way or what to do. And it's good to come and bring our arguments to God. Let him settle them. <clears throat> you know, the battle is the Lord's. Uh, I like the one song that says, he's got the, the, the battle and we've got, we get the victory. He gives us the victory because he is it. Being a Christian is what God has done and is doing through us more than what we do for him. Uh, we, we think of, that's religion, what we think we do for him. And I tell you what, if it's not done of the Lord, it's not right anyway. But, uh, you know, in, in Psalm 127, which is the next verse after that, uh, verse 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. And it's, you know, we're just working together with the master builder. Amen. And he's working and we need to just get in sync with him. Right. You know, uh, Jesus said that he would build his church, and he will if we get out of, enough, out of the way enough, be humble enough in our lives. Right. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 20 through 22 through 24, God's word tells us, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. You know, I'm thankful we have a faithful God. A faithful God. I mean, uh, I, I've been through diff many different things. 54 years of ministry, you know, you, you make uh, some mistakes along the way, and uh, those things happen, and uh, you learn from them, hopefully, you know, so we don't just keep going back through the same thing. Uh, a, a mistake, sometimes you learn better through a mistake than you do from everything going right. You learn what, look back and see. Uh, and, you know, when we celebrate... <coughs> The resurrection of Jesus Christ, I think the greatest message is that he didn't give up on his church. Amen. He didn't give up on his apostles, his disciples, even though they all denied him and left him. God didn't, Christ didn't give up on him. I tell you what, we can be thankful today that God renews ministries. God still uses us. And I tell you what, uh, Peter even denied him three times, but Christ still used him. On the day of Pentecost. And I tell you what, God doesn't make junk. Yeah, right. And that's what Satan's right says to real, that's not a whisper in the ear, says, You're just junk. Well, we are junk yeah. in ourselves. Right, right. But praise God, He comes and He makes out of junk the beautiful things if we let Him. And He comes and does it. And we must look more unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, uh, who has all the power. And all the love that can conquer all the forces of, de of the devil. We need to come and realize what a great, wonderful privilege we have to have such a wonderful Savior. Uh, and 
You know, the greatest missionary ability, uh, Dr. Fred Donaldson, he said after being many times in ministry, he's an old ministry at the time I was in Bible college, and he says, you know, the greatest missionary ability is stickability. Just keeping on. You know, not giving up. Realizing that there's difficulties along the way, there's, but that God has an end, an expected end to it. It takes time for the sown seed to bear the harvest. Uh, God's word says, you know, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Uh, the last probably 20 years of our ministry in Germany, we did, uh, that was the theme verse for me as I visited many other missionaries on mission fields to be an encouragement. Because especially in the eastern part, in Siberia and Romania and also in, in uh, uh, the uh, Romania and also in uh, where they're having all that war over there now. I said we were there and some, they didn't have older missionaries, ministers there. And so I was able to tell, talk to them and help them through that. And we were many times an encouragement to the families because missionaries on the foreign field have family problems. They have ministry problems, and they need some advice. They need some encouragement in the things, in the different ministries and problems they're facing up. That takes time for the sown seed to bear the harvest. And on the foreign field in certain areas, uh, they don't have the seed that's been sown like there has been in the area of, of like Oklahoma and the Bible Belt. And so a lot of times it takes a long time to come and, and see the harvest. Jesus told his own church workers in John 4:38, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And in 1 Corinthians 3, beginning with verse 5, God's word says, Then who, who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. Now, God, you know, we are nothing in ourselves. It's only as we are yielded to God and he becomes exalted in our lives that we become of real significance in this world. And it doesn't matter if we're a member or a preacher or whatever. It needs to be not us, but Christ that labor through us and in us. The more worthwhile the harvest, the longer the waiting. Uh, Abraham had to wait about 25 years till he was 100 years old when God's child promise came, Isaac. 25 years. God promised him, 75-year-old man, and says, you'll have an heir. And he had to help, he thought, felt he had to help God out and, and develop some more problems. But I'll tell you what, he waited. Joseph had to endure being sold by his brothers, slavery, and years in a prison before, uh, before God fulfilled his promise of his glory. And, you know, there's some problems, there's some lessons we have to go through. 
And God, help us to be open to the lessons and don't just go out of the way of what God is teaching us, but to accept those and learn from them. Moses suffered rejection by God's people and 40 years being a shepherd in the, in the desert before he was really able to be used of God to fulfill his heart's desire. I mean, he was 80 years old when he became, went in, into the ministry, really, but he had learned some lessons that made him able to be steadfast. And my, how difficult that was and how it was tried. And yet, God used him greatly to give much of the Old Testament that we have today. God had prepared for him. I think of Elizabeth and Zacharias, who were faithful about 60 years, serving God. He was a priest in the temple, and they prayed. They wanted a child, and it was a shame not to have a child. But they were about 60 years of age in their righteous service to the Lord, in spite of this shame of childlessness, before God answered their prayers with the birth of John the Baptist. John, uh, Luke 1 and verse 12, uh, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. We need to be faithful. He kept on being the t in the temple, the priest. Remember a lonely shepherd boy who learned through danger and rejection, faith and humility, and the, humili and the faithfulness of God that enabled him to become the man of God after God's own heart. Sorry about that. Humbling, yeah. We need to recognize and escape by faith what God is doing through us. You know, it's very easy to look upon our faults, and we all have them, our weaknesses, and think that, well, what can God do? Uh, Abraham didn't know where God was going to lead him, nor how the Lord was going to provide for him as he left his homeland and his family, except Lot. And boy, that had a, a harvest on that one too. Toward the end of our Lord's ministry, the Lord wanted to impress his disciples with the importance of faithfulness and spoke of the use of talents. His punchline that will one day be fulfilled in Matthew 25, 21, his Lord said unto him, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. You know, we can look forward to that time. And there may be some very difficult times, some very long times. Uh, I know that we had difficulties in our ministry. We had been in Germany about seven years when... Uh, through a health problem with Sandy and things that I had to learn and we had to learn, God took us off the mission field. That was 1979. And we came back and I, I pastored up in Denver and uh, then ultimately was on staff uh, at our home church at that time, Hillcrest Baptist Church. Uh, but God healed my wife. God healed our marriage. We learned some important things. And, and uh, at the time, we were hearts really broken. 
of being away from the field of God's calling. But God healed and God renewed the, the call, and we went back to Germany back in, in, in 1983, and praise God, our ministry was so much the better. I look back upon that, a very difficult, heart-wrenching time, but God used it so much to help in our lives, help us to learn things and to practice things. Uh, just be patient and wait upon God what he's doing. You know, God is faithful. And I, I'm thankful wherever God has put me, God has always given us people to minister to, even in, in areas like Germany, which is many difficult times, in a Catholic area. But I tell you what, uh, just that promise of God, and be not weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if ye faint not. And yeah, there were hard times. I pastored White Oak Baptist Church out rural Route 4, Marshfield, Missouri, which is out north of uh, Springfield. And believe me, that's hillbilly. And uh, we learned a lot about we're We're more city folks, but out there. But, you know, uh, God bless that we were out there two years. But I got, I got a little discouraged. I wanted to see a, a bigger ministry. Who doesn't like a bigger ministry? And after two years, that's twice as long as most of the pastors that ever been out that church, I said, well, it's good to get some experience in a larger ministry. And so I resigned and went and worked for another church in the area. But you know, the pastor that came in after me saw much harvest of the soul, what we'd done during the ministry. And God rebuked me. I shouldn't have given up. I should have stayed there. They went on. They were able to even build another building. They, they even got indoor plumbing. <laughs> and regular furnace. You know, man. But I tell you what, God gave me a conviction. Never give up too quickly. Stay on. Be faithful. And you will reap. In World War II, a new flight commander led his squadron of planes on a bombing run. They lost all their planes, many men, and several lost to the torture of a prison camp. He and a crew member bailed out, and as they looked at their crashed B-25, he walked over toward the wrecked plane with his head in his hands. His crew member tried to comfort him, asking, Sir, what will happen to us when we get back? He answered, If I get what I deserve, I will be sent to Leavenworth, and began to weep. What he got when he got back home was a hero's welcome and a promotion to Brigadier General. It was Thomas Doolittle. All he could see was the crash and the problems, but that was a turning point in coming against Japan. And sometimes in the middle of the defeat and the problems we're facing, we look just at the problems and don't see what God's doing. You know, uh, it's, it's something I'm so glad that David, as a shepherd boy, looked beyond all the men that were cowards to stand up and fight against a Goliath and went forward knowing he had a great God, and God gives victories, and God tests us just like he tested David when he 
had a choice of fighting a lion for a lamb or a bear, and he realized, man, uh, this is my responsibility. This, and he just was faithful, and he learned through that. He didn't, he didn't thank God for fighting a lion and a bear. He could thank God for the victory. But I tell you what, it was lessons that prepared him to be able to come up against Goliath. And the others thought that he was uh, too big to fight. And David surely thought, he's so big, I can't miss him. And you know, we come and look at things. It's God that's got the battle. He's God that got the victory. And God help us to be faithful in reaching out to them. Now, uh, we all have heard of Old Faithful, Geyser. I don't know if they got that or not. They did? Okay, there it is. Old Faithful. I was, I was probably, it was probably about 1957. I went and I saw old guys are there. Uh, old Faithful. Now, Old Faithful is in Yellowstone National Park, was discovered uh, by Caucasians in 1870. And it, it heated by magna, erupts approximately every 91 minutes. In the early days, some visitors uh, would throw dirty laundry into it between eruptions, and it came out clean. <laughs> People come from all around the world to see it. The water is 205 degrees Fahrenheit. Stream, steam is 350 degrees. That's called Old Faithful because in a little over an hour, every hour, Every day, it comes. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to be called Old Faithful. Amen. Whatever happens, Amen. the Word of God, the glory of God Amen. is being brought forth Amen. and being taught by me and by you. God, help us to be Old Faithful. Amen. But it comes a day and a week and a month at a time and a year at a time. Let's stand look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you today that you've been faithful. And Lord, the more we become like you, the more faithful we become and the more glory we can give to you. God, you know what different people may be facing, problems, difficulties in the church, out of the church, but God, we know that you already came forth from the grave. Lord, you, the power of your resurrection is still there for each and every one of us in our daily lives. And Lord, to tap into that power and to that wisdom and giving you the glory. You know what we need, Lord. We claim your victories in Christ's name. Amen.